And here they come. Louth, O'Brien, O'Neill, Conlon, White, Coleman, Bean, Riley, Cunningham, O'Donnell, Lynch, McDonnell, Rose, Smith, Blood, and me and... Breaks inside to Stephen White. The one man that can do it, and he's done it! A goal for Louth. Paulo Hanlon, a vital touch. Now he's Stephen White to his right. This must be it! It is! I don't believe it! Kildare must be out of the Leicester Championship. At midfield, wearing number eight, the first all-star ever from Louth, would you welcome Paddy Keenan. Arguably the most popular of tonight's winners, Paddy has led from the front for Louth since his championship introduction in 2003. Here's a chance for Rooney! What a goal by J.P. Rooney! And then it happened. Bean sends in from the sideline and Sean Cunningham finishes it at the net. Loud are in front. And here it is. Loud are All-Ireland champions for the third time. Here we go again, and thanks for tuning in to the Tipperary We Are Loud Talking Point Podcast. We'll have reaction from Conor Grimes and Loud Manager Pete McGrath. For those of you who didn't make the long trip down to Tipperary, I'll have a match report. We'll have a couple of talking points, and we'll freshen the whole thing up with a transfer talk around the clubs at the very end of the podcast. So thanks very much for tuning in, and enjoy the show. Tip match report. Well, first of all, I'll set the scene because I'm like looking out at it. There didn't look seem to be that many loud people at the game, and I suppose it's expected really. With um, the, the team not going that well, supporters aren't going to give up their Sunday to travel about two and a half hours down. It was two hours down. It was it was a grand trip down on the car. It was nice, easy to get to. And the reason I say that is because it was absolutely worth it once you got to the venue itself. It just screams prestige, history. And pure GA class, you know, it's a, it's a fine stadium, Semple Stadium. It just stinks with history and tradition, really. And the murals on the wall, even the murals on, on the side of pubs on your way into the town of Torlis, like Mickey Rackard, all those famous Horland men, and just really well, like they're really proud of where they come from. And I suppose they have a really super, like, they have a super Horland side as well, but they. They look to have a really good football team to get behind now as well. But it was a, there was an air of giddiness about around the, the stadium because it was a half twelve kickoff, lovely bright midday. Um, the scene was set. The players were out in the field area again, a look at the, the spacious ground and the, the pitch and what have you. And the scene in good fettle, and you kind of had that kind of feeling. All right, maybe maybe we could pull off a shock here. Maybe we uh, the shackles are off. We the week to recuperate and kind of get ourselves in, get our house in order and that was quickly dispelled in the opening six minutes the first score of the game uh, summed up Loud's whole performance uh, we had an attack in play after the throw in they were down the field won a free and Connor Sweeney how, like how he's just tormented Loud in this past three out of four games we've played them he had a really difficult he had a really difficult free right out on the touchline uh, to open uh, Tipperary's account and he just whips it over a beautiful coral point and then that's quickly followed up it was a bad, I think it was a bad kick out 
and the return in Stephen O'Brien uh, midfield uh, just boomed the point over the bar and put the punishers. Then Sweeney shows his class and open play to kick his first point. So that's the three 0 up after a couple of minutes. And then the next thing, the next attack, uh, Bill Maher comes up the field. It was from it was from a bad kick out. Tipperary full court pressed us. They went right up, pushed up right on our sweeper Derek Maguire, and they really made us pay. They put an awful lot of pressure on us. Ball was kicked out, turn over, quickly kicked across the field. Bill Maher was the man on it. Sidestep straight through and goal at Galley and bang, finished it really well. So that was uh, Tipperary one three up after six minutes. Jared McSorley continued his good form and replied for Laird. Got Laird's first point in the ninth minute uh, with a nice right foot attack. Like we we had attacks, Laird had attacks. They were uh, they were just they were they were coming to they were coming to an end in the final tour. They were kicking bad wides and it just kind of slumped away the confidence. The other end, Sweeney had notched over a couple of frees. Then Brian Fox kicked over a nice point as well at the 1-7 to 1 point and then uh, Tipperary's full forward Michael Quinlevin introduced himself into the game very quiet up to that a uh, little intricate hand pass and move for Tipperary up the left hand side of the defence came to uh, Quinlevin about 30 yards out just puts a pure injection of pace into him like, like he can just drives forward and fires a, a shot across um, right foot of shot across Galley you, you, you had no chance of saving it uh, Quinlevin's devastating that's his fourth goal in five league games for Tipperary this year we know all about him just takes off and just buries he's nothing on his mind most of the time but goal and unfortunately from that moment on you knew the game was over um, Lau did respond with a couple of frees before the half from uh, Bournes he kicked a couple of frees uh, McGrath added to his tally he got two in, in both halves but demoralisingly it was 2-7-3 to three at half time but Loud came out at half time Pete McGrath warmed up every single substitute along the sideline so you could tell you knew from the press box that there was changes that were going to be made and with that threat we came out no changes were actually made at half time with that threat uh, the lads came out and played, played a lot more livelier in the start of the second half we actually kicked our complete first half tally in six minutes. Bonesy kicked two frees and Andy got a good point from play, captain score. But Tip playing within themselves still responded. The impressive Bill Mark came up the field and notched the point. McGrath got another point and uh, his first of the second half is toward in total. But again, Loud lifted him. We notched three points in a row. Bonesy with another free. Then uh, Tommy Dornan and Conor Grimes showed what they can do. They're kicking really nice long-range points. The shackles were off and they just went for it. They kicked really good points. The game petered out with subs coming in from both sides. Andrew Smith came off with James Craven. He'd be delighted with his uh, late debut. And another sub, William Woods, got a last score of a half after McGrath got his last point, his fourth, fourth and last point. Quinlevin got his relatively quiet Quinlevin got a punch point. Um, Emma Carroll showed himself to be another another good out for the full for the New Town Blues full back but the game petered out with um, Sweeney notching a couple of frees substitute Kevin O'Halloran notching one at 40 yards with Jason Lonergan meant 5th to the 5th of 6 uh, temporary starting forward scored they, they reeled off 4 points in a row to leave it 217 to 9 points another tough day at the office for Laird here's reactions from manager Pete McGrath and big full forward Conor Grimes 
first half is littered with with a lot of basic errors. Um, we actually had this is a might seem an amazing statistic, but it's true. We had eighteen attacks in, in the first half, and they had nineteen. And yet they go in twelve points ahead. Um, so the reason for that is that, that defensively we were found wanting because they they were able to get through us and get scores. And at the other end, in regards to our attacks, we were faltering. We were losing possession. We kicked six wides in the first half. Um, nine nine attacks didn't have any shot at the end of it, and we scored three points. Um, so those are the stats, and the stats will reflect the performance in terms of skill execution, in terms of good defending in terms of good support play winning breaking ball all that type of thing it's all poor all very poor um, and in the second half I think we lost the second half by two points uh, tip, knew that the game won at half time they st- took the foot off the gas a wee bit we did play a bit better in the second half but we continued to, to waste opportunities we continued to, to give the ball away uh, in unforced errors so there's an awful lot there that um, is Worrying because it's replicating game after game, and uh, there are things that we have to put right very quickly um, in terms of, of two league matches left, and then in about eight weeks' time we've got a championship match, and there is an awful amount of improving um, that must take place. Uh, an awful lot of hard work has to be done. Um, an awful lot of soul searching has to be done, and we have to come up with the answers. That's right, and it's not for want of talking about it and showing the players and when we do our analysis and what we do at training, uh, but still, unfortunately, in, in real time, live time and matches, um, it's happening. It's, it's reoccurring. Uh, the same ghosts are coming back to haunt us, and we're coming in, you know, every, every game this year we've come in behind at half time, and in a couple of games we come in. Well, today was the, the first game I come in, really. I suppose Cork will come in eight points behind. Today we come in 12 points behind, whereas Common was four behind. Down, I think it was two behind or whatever uh, at half time. Uh, but they were all, and Captain was only two points behind at half time as well. So they were all reachable in the second half. But today you come in at half time, 12 down, away from home. Uh, you're, you're in no man's land. You're, so the second half was about just going out to make sure we didn't get an absolute thumping. Uh, because at one stage it looked to me as if it could be beaten by 20 points, uh, 25 points. Thankfully that didn't happen, but today is another another worrying day, a disappointing day. No, it's not going to happen. Um, the, two, the, the two remaining games uh, are about pride and about not wanting to go through the league campaign losing seven out of seven. Uh, that would be, I think, very hard to take, very hard to stomach for players and management. So we'll have to do all that we can uh, to ensure that, that next week against Meath that there's a massive performance put in at home and that uh, we get a performance that's going to merit two points um, and we can look no further than that. I mean the injured men you've um, Jim McNaney who will not play in the National League he, he, it'll be a race against time for the Championship uh, Sam Mulroy will not play in the National League nor will Niall Conlon uh, championship is hopefully what, what, that they'll be ready for and John Bingham will not play um, in the remainder of the National League mightn't even play again this season um, so those are our injuries and those are men who would certainly add to, to what's on the field uh, and it's unfortunate that we have got those unavailabilities but that's where we are
it's not the way you want to come into a league campaign. Like, it's definitely not the way you want to be ending a league campaign. So, yeah, it's extremely disappointing from our point of view. But we've got a championship coming up and we're just going to have to try to get things turned around now Tuesday night and just fight and do our best. You know, it's not an easy situation for anyone to be in. So, yeah, we're just going to have to stand up now. We're all men in the dressing room. So, yeah. Uh, Lads are just going to have to stand up and take it on the chin. It's not exactly the way that we planned. Nobody aims to go out at the start of the year and get relegated. So it's definitely a difficult position that we're in at the moment. But we're going to try to turn things around, you know. So, yeah, definitely disappointing. Yeah, you know, like we don't give ourselves much chances. Like especially going one, letting in easy goals. Like going one, two, three points down straight away. Just straight after the ball being thrown in. And it's something that we've addressed week in, week out. But just, it's difficult out there, you know. It's hard like simple mistakes the simple things are killing us in games and yeah it's just extremely disappointing you know it's not like I said it's not the way you want to you want your league campaign to go but um, we've put ourselves in this position and it's going to be up to us to get ourselves out of it so um, yeah we're just going to have to work really really hard over the next six or eight weeks coming into a championship campaign and just try to turn things around you know yeah you know it's credit to Tipperary as well and credit to all the teams in this division they're extremely difficult if you get the ball anywhere inside 20, 30 yards, like there's two, three men on you. It might look a lot easier from the sideline, but my God, there's two, three men on you, and it's definitely not easy. So, from that point of view, like you have to give credit to the opposition, but we know ourselves we're off the pace. We know ourselves we're making silly mistakes, and definitely going forward, like we need to, we need to up our game. Like we're definitely not converting enough chances, and silly, silly mistakes are, are killing us in every game. I don't think we've scored enough in any games. I don't think we've even taken enough shots in any games. So it's definitely something we're going to have to look at going forward. But at the moment, yeah, it's going to be a difficult week. But back to the drawing board on Tuesday and just see if we can try try our best to turn things around, you know. Yeah, definitely. Look, we've got Mead at home next week and it's always going to be a competitive fixture right from the start. Like Mead at home, it's a game that you want to be involved in, you want to be playing. So hopefully we can just try to get ourselves together and start turning things around. Mead at home is a great way to start doing it and we just have to start building for championships. So Carlo in in May is not going to be an easy game. So we know that in our heads. We know that now. Like they're in the brink of promotion. We're in the brink of relegation. So look, we just have to... F- Get, get ourselves together, work really hard as a team. Not too many people are going to be giving us much of a chance in the rest of the league. So, look, maybe it's an opportunity to let the shackles go and Mead next weekend is where it's going to have to start. But Tuesday night is going to be a big week of training and hopefully just <laughs> fingers crossed at this stage that we can try try and turn things around. Like It's not easy for anyone involved. It's not easy for supporters. It's not even easy for anyone that's following the team. So, look, we're trying to, we're trying our best to get things turned around. So, fingers crossed. No, definitely not. Like that's the thing. Like the the atmosphere, everything was so good at the start of the year. Like we we're coming off back to back promotions, and um, yeah, it's just been a difficult season. It's not worked out the way that we wanted. Um, but look, it's a great bunch of lads. Like it's a young team, a lot of inexperience in different positions. So it's a huge learning curve for everyone involved, and we're just going to have to get ourselves together. Like there's experience throughout the team and those lads are just going to have to stand up and uh, be counted over the next few weeks and look yeah it's just yeah a year away like it was a great year away from a personal point of view but um, yeah it's back to reality now and we've had a difficult campaign as everyone can see and everyone knows so yeah we're just going to get back to get back to work now for the next few weeks and see how it goes Two really raw, um, as as per usual, raw reactions from the manager uh, and the player. 
uh, straight away after the full time whistle um, you could tell and you could sense that they're trying really hard but they're banging their head against a brick wall really it's it's just it's, it's just tough at this division it's just tough at this level and it's tough when things aren't going for you as well and you can see the confidence is, is low with the lads on the field and the more your confidence is down the, the more you're, you're trying harder and harder um, Connor made a great point that um, we've made next never mind the championship it's something that, which is brilliant to focus on meet this Sunday so it, it gives it gives the lads a really good like a really good like focus for this week because it's a tough it's tough to get training and go down to Darver and train after after loss after loss after loss but nothing like me to focus the minds you could tell after the um, after they come out that or you could see it in their faces from the two men that a lot of honest exchanges had, ex- had exchanged in the dressing room like that they all laid it out there that this is a line in the sand but supposedly like the, the last time we got a, a drumming in a drubbing in tip we, I think we were, we were about 23 points the last time in the championship below I know we won there last year but it's entirely different setups between for two two sets of managers uh, this year so line in the sand two boys are good enough to come out and talk and the important thing is they're hurt and actually the most important thing is they know the county is hurting as well but they're trying their best um, next up is talking points talking point number one and I'm going to rob this one from uh, Loud Manager Pete McGrath it's uh, the final tour the final tour is absolutely killing us for Loud at the moment that's where we're getting most punished at, at this level we both like Pete said they had 19 attacks and we had 18 attacks yet we go down 12 points at half time we're just not finding that final pass the confidence is not there to, to give the simple pass that we normally can and it's just killing us it demoralises us mentally and it leaves us wide open at the back when we don't kill the ball uh, they, they come and uh, counter attack us and we're wide open and teams like Tip and all these are well used to playing and setting up counter attackingly they actually have Pascal Keelahan in with them uh, the road former road player and manager and he's kind of set up that little bit of uh, structure at the back for them so they're well able to counter attack and they did they did so many times in the first half and the second half but when in the first half when the game was in the winning they really counter attacked and just killed us and we were killing ourselves to be honest we just like Conor Grimes even said as well you, you, you think you're there you're thereabouts and the men are just on you there's two or three men on you they kept a man back at all times as well to protect the house they set up very structurally as well so it just made, it just meant we we were really killing ourselves, and we didn't kick the points over, and they were kicking points over for fun. And when we would get like the skill level they showed as well, they they had three blocks in the first half, really skillful blocks, the highly skillful thing to do. That just sucks the life out of you as a your confidence as a forward. You're going forward, and you get blocked, and you can't get your shot away. You feel, oh man, this is a disaster. 
So that that that's what's killing us. We're getting plenty of possession. Like I remember speaking about Calvin as well. We're getting plenty of possession. It's just that final pass when that final decision is being made, because that's when the most pressure is on you. That's when you have the most players around you. When you're in that final turn, you're about to play the ball off. You're about to pull the trigger, and then on, on top of that, our shots were, were just a little bit lacking in confidence. Like Derek McGoy, I kicked a few. Kieran Dane and Youngfully kicked a few as well. Um, so it, it just shows like everything's not going right for us at the moment, and it's that final tour that where it's really not going right for us. And what what Pete alluded to in his reaction as well. So that's talking point number one. Talking point number two. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, okay? We have no points. No need correcting on that. Mead have four points and Clare have three points. We have those two teams left. We win two more. We win two more games with four points. And they don't win, obviously. And I think it goes down to head-to-head. Obviously, our score difference is very bad. I think it was minus 38 before today. So that's 48, it's 52, or minus 52. Um, but it, I think there's a really slim chance of, rele- of avoiding relegation. It would be the absolute miracle of all miracles. We get four points. Sure enough, we have to rely on others to beat Mead and to beat uh, Clare the last day, or the second last day, because we have Mead next week. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but we could not be relegated if we uh, win our last two games and things go right for us all around permutations and what have you but I think it goes head to head and the fact that Clare have drew means that it won't it won't be three teams and four points it'll be they'll be on three and if we beat me they'll be four we'll, and we'll be on four and I think Clare got a couple of lads sent another, more stranding off so they'll be missing them come the last game below in Cusick Park in Ennis so now I'm the eternal loud optimist as you all know but that'd be something else if we pulled that one off Talking point number three is a collage of uh, different po- talking points. Number one, I see Andrew Smith make his lead debut from the Brights. Good young player, been through the ranks, played on 21 for Loud a couple of years ago as well. So it's nice to see a club player like that getting into the senior squad. Gives uh, hope for other, t- other players around the club and around the county the chance that they will, if, they, if they're shown at their club, they'll get in there for the championship or their inter county team. I'd still rather be playing Division 2 and getting beaten well than playing Division 3 or 4. It'll really stand to us come the, come the summertime. The quality of opposition is really going to make us better for the summer as well. Carlo will pack the defence, but we'll, we'll, have, we'll, be, we'll have played against higher quality opposition and hopefully that'll stand to us come the summer. Speaking of that, Emma Carlin really handled Michael Quinlevin very, very well. Michael Quinlevin and Connor Sweeney, the pair of them, are probably Division 1 standard forwards. And Sweeney kicked 7 points, uh, 3 from play and 4 frees. 
But Quinlevin was kept relatively quiet by Emma Carr and he played very well again. So that's another big bonus. He's nailed on for number three for the championship. Daw was nice to play in uh, Torla Semple Stadium as well. Absolutely beautiful setting for a game of football. We have Mead next. Andy McDonald on the 40 was much, much better uh, creatively today. He made a couple of chances. He linked up in, in the forwards well, kicked the point himself. So he's more than likely making his way more into that centre-forward role. And it suits him better and it suits the team better too. So that's a positive. Conor Grimes like, uh, is improving with every game he played. Like the point he kicked today, I think it was his first point in the Division 2 campaign. He's slowly but surely getting the New Zealand trip out of his system and he looks more of a threat every time he plays in the edge of the square. Beside him, Ryan Bournes is bang on the money with his freeze. But it looks like um, we get a fresh player after 40, 50 minutes in William Woods. Same type of player. He comes on, does the same job. He can nail freeze and he kicks a point from play as well. So they looked at a bit of a rotation going on. And last point in the talking point collage... um, there's no pressure on us. There's no expectation on us. Um, the, the county um, don't feel anything towards the, this uh, team at the moment. And we have uh, a home game again in Drogheda against Mead next. So it's the best way to go into that game, really. Um, that's the third and final collage point, talking points, temporary talking points. Up next is... Uh, back and the focus is switched on to the club scene. I'm going to go through all the, the um, club transfers that have gone through and gone past. You might have missed a few, you might not know a few. I'm going to be picking the winners and losers, what club has done the best and what club has really done bad in the transfer window. So I'm going to put on my best Jim White Sky Sports Transfer Centre um, impersonation and go through all the transfers next. Okay, let's break down this potentially record-breaking deal. For Cooley Kickhams and the Geraldines. Okay, that's where my um, Jim White impression ends, uh, begins and ends. Uh, but thanks for joining the We Are Loud uh, Transfer uh, Window Update podcast segment. Um, pretty eventful one this year. It's always nice to know who's joined who and who's, who's left who and who's picked up a few just looking at the breakdown of the transfers about 30 players have gone through to other to other teams from different clubs all over the county I'm not going to talk about the juvenile players but there's 30 players there and there's a couple I'm going to highlight that will make an impact in the season to come I suppose the biggest the biggest one and the biggest coup that's been heard around the county is the movement of the three Brennan brothers to um, Hunterstown Rovers, Mark, David and Robbie. Three massive servants of the Manic Rangers club and they're going back to Hunterstown Rovers, the club of their father, their honour and their father, Tyus, who uh, passed away when they were younger. So that's a, that's a good news story. That's It's great for them and it's great for Hunterstown and it's great for their whole family as well. Interesting to see how that pans out. Also, we have um, the Westerns duo returning. David Martin and Clint Sweeney are going back to the Westerns from uh, Glide Rangers, the mid two big high-profile moves back in the day, and now they're going back to the club, which is also good to see as well. 
The biggest losers in this transfer window, window for me are, as, as well as Matic Rangers losing the Brennan brothers, it's possibly the Brides. They're losing two Kerrigan brothers and um, Kevin Kirk. Kevin was a good player, probably in his mid-30s now, tall, rangy player. He's gone to Dowdles Hill. That's a big boost for the Hill men. And uh, the Kerrigans are gone to the Sean O'Mahony's. So they're, they're, they're good players and they're good additions. Uh, three of them to three Dundalk, Dundalk clubs. They'll be good club men for them going forward. They must be living in the town of Dundalk and they're picking them up. On the other way out, Conor McGauley is, McGauley is leaving the... Um, He's leaving the hill, Dowdles Hill to go to the Sean O'Mahony. He's, he's, a, he's a nice young player, um, young forward as well. It's always nice to have a forward uh, in a transfer window. Um, also, another forward, and this is probably a big impact, um, is Aidan McCabe going back from the clans. So as well as the brides, you're looking at Dowdles Hill have lost two good players, up-and-coming players there, in uh, Aidan McCabe and Conor McGill. Um, Aidan McCabe, had it was a really good minor, um, was 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 tip for the next next big thing for the clans. Really good dead ball specialist. Kind of went away from it. Didn't fall out, fall out of love with football. I don't know. He went to um, Dowdles Hill, the local team beside him. Played there for a couple of years, and he obviously has something to offer. And the clans want him back, and he's back. So that's a massive boost for them in their quest for winning the intermediate championship few other interesting ones I have down here John Moroni massive stalwart for the Oliver Plunkett's uh, has moved to Nave Martin and he's living out in Monaster Bice so that's a bit of a loss to the Plunkett's who who seem to have everything going again at the moment even though goalposts have been cut down so Moroni's a big stalwart and that's a bit of a dint in the, the Plunkett's club but a massive boost to uh, Nave Martin going forward you also have um, three interesting moves from the Marys. The Marys always suffer in these uh, transfer windows because there's so many players, really. It's just on the, when you look at their from, too, and it's, it's a ton of players from Nevewera, Nevewera, Nevewera. But uh, Martin Duffy going to the Shawns, he's a very good underage player. Might settle down and play with some good stuff with the, with the uh, Shawns. They were a great boost out there for them. They have a nice team, a couple of scoring forwards. Uh, Duffy was a forward in the shoot. Be a big help to them. They've also uh, Robert Callahan. He's going to the back to the Stabane. He got a transfer when he was younger, when he was a loud minor as well. He's a very good footballer, gifted sort of a footballer, very creative, can make things happen. So that'll be a boost for Stabane in junior, who weren't that far away last year, who uh, are trying, uh, coming along with a nice little team there. James Clark joins the um, joins Phillipstown from the Marys. His uh, he joins his brother, who Patrick Clark, who kicked the winning point for the Kevins in the junior final a couple of years ago. So that's nice to get him. The brothers playing back together again. Paul Noon goes back to um, Lloyd Rangers, Town, having left them to go to Aluminium Rovers. He's back with them now, so that'll be a boost to them. They'll want to get out of uh, junior football and. But for me, the biggest, the most high-profile move is probably Conor Rafferty going to the Geraldines from Cooley Kickhams. Um, loud panellists up until about two or three years ago. Big addition to the Geraldines. They're trying to push on into senior now. They've been, they've been there this past couple of years. They're well-established, um, but they'll want to push on and maybe get to the latter stages or to the, to the final of the competition. And uh, Rafferty will really give them a good boost.
couple of interesting ones. Always nice to look at the refuse, the withdrawals, were out of order. Um, Alex Riley from the Knicks, uh, goalkeeper going to the Blues, was uh, refused. That would have been a nice addition. He's a soccer goalie around the town. He'd be a good help to the Blues as well. Well, I was going to struggle in that position. Um, Philip Kerwin um, from the Knicks, is again, going to the Plunkets, was uh, withdrawn. Philip Kerwin's a really good footballer. Got to see him last year for the Knicks in the Championship. He's a really good footballer, young player, and it'd uh, be really good. And it's good news that the Knicks held on to him. So plenty of good news stories out there. Probably the winners are maybe Hunterstown picked up a good few Brennan brothers and uh, young Monaghan, Jason Monaghan from Matter. That's four players they gained. The Mahonies have picked up a couple of players as well. Um, who else? And um, Seamus Quigley as well. He's That's another winner. He's uh, There's another club for, for Quigley, the current loud goalkeeping coach from Kilcarley. Moved to Cooley, moved to the Mahonies last year, now he's with the Joes. So that's it. That's the, that's the We Are Loud transfer window closed. If you have any uh, transfer updates or interests or thoughts out there, send them in to at We Are Loud on Twitter. So there you have it, there's today's show, um, really great to have Shane on, good man to talk about temporary football, it gives you a nightmare about what's coming ahead, but we should have no reason to fear, the players involved should have no reason to fear them, we've uh, we've played them the past couple of years, we've been beaten by them and we've beat them, so we should go out there and all go and play and just give it a lash, um, I've named my team as well, if you, if you agree or disagree or if you have your own thoughts on what the Loud team should be, contact me on We Are Loud on SoundCloud and at We Are Loud on Twitter and Facebook as well. Thanks very much for uh, tuning in. If you'd like to rate and review on iTunes, it'd really give us a great boost and it would actually help other Loud fans find us on uh, iTunes as well. So I look forward to uh, the Tipperary game. And on Sunday night, I should have a Tip Orary Talking Points podcast. Thanks very much for tuning in.